This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was a lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voice of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voice of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. Parents, if you have school-age children and want to explore school options within the San Diego Unified School District other than your local school, now's the time to do it. Not familiar with school choice? Voice of San Diego has created an online tool to help you navigate this process and determine which schools you'd like to consider. Visit our online tool to explore options and compare schools' performance across the county. Go to voiceofsandiego.org slash data slash San Diego Public Schools for details. Melissa Walter had a full-time dream job at NASA. She did graphic design, illustrations, and social media. She loved the job. Things were good. But about three years ago, after she and her husband moved to San Diego, Melissa found herself getting more serious about the fine art she'd been doing at home on the side. She started finding her own artistic style and realized the science-based fine art she was coming up with was different than anything she'd seen. It started to consume her. As I was sort of having more confidence in what I was doing and more excitement and just and that's all I could think about, when it became like all I could think about was doing my work. Even when I was at my job, you know, working on my job, I, I realized, okay, this is it. This is what I should be spending my time on. This is what I should be focusing on. Like a lot of artists with the day job, it started to get difficult for Melissa to balance her work with her art making. So in November 2015, she took the leap. She quit her job and became a full-time artist. I realized it was time for me to really just sit down and create and find, find that voice. The whole starving artist cliche never really became a reality for Melissa. Instead, things have taken off quickly for her. She's had a handful of successful solo shows in San Diego. She's been part of lots of group shows at places like the San Diego Art Institute and the San Diego International Airport. And she scored two artist residencies that have given her access to bigger studio space and allowed her to explore doing large-scale installation work. And now, Melissa is the subject of a new short documentary by The Artist's Odyssey, a San Diego production company that produces short films about artists for its subscribers. We have booster ignition and liftoff of Columbia, reaching new heights for women in X-ray astronomy. My work with NASA is very literal. When I, when I think about the topics now, and I'm creating my fine artwork, rather than trying to do this literal thing, I'm trying to pare down these ideas in very simple forms. That film about Melissa will debut Thursday, October 26th at the Fleet Science Center. Tickets to that screening, though, sold out within minutes, so the Artist Odyssey has added a second showing at the Fleet on November 15th. Melissa is a bit obsessive-compulsive, and her ability to be intensely hyper-focused on her art has helped pave her quick path to success. Her artwork is immaculate, something a lot of art collectors and curators appreciate. 
Her perfectionism has attracted a lot of people to her work, and the fact that her very precise art is also representing really complex astronomical concepts is something people find pretty cool too. She's also better at marketing herself than the average artist, which has helped her quick rise as a local art star. She uses her background in social media management to promote her work and connect with people online. She is also one of the few artists who is actively building an email list and sending her fans regular updates. I'm Kinsey Moreland, by the way, and you're listening to CultureCast, Voice of San Diego's podcast about arts and culture in San Diego. I caught up with Melissa at the beginning of the year. Back in January, she was in the middle of her residency at Bread and Salt, an old bread factory turned into an arts center in Logan Heights. Right now we're in the courtyard of Bread and Salt. Um, It's kind of a cool space within the building. There's some trees. You can see the sky. Melissa told me she was diving deep into her exploration of astrophysics and astronomical objects, turning complicated ideas into intriguing and meticulous minimalistic drawings, sculptures, and installations. For her residency at Bread and Salt, she zeroed in on one big mysterious concept. So I wound up choosing dark matter to be the main focus. Not all the pieces are based on dark matter, but a good, a good portion of the work that I've done since here, since I've been here, has been sort of revolving around that idea. One of Melissa's works based on dark matter was a large installation in the corner of the studio space at Bread and Salt. The background was black and the foreground looked like one big, beautiful white wave that was sort of popping off the wall. The wave was made of panels of cut paper. So there's six different panels, and each panel has 120 slices cut through it, um, and then they are attached to each other. So one panel might start to the right and then kind of flip underneath itself, and then the next panel like follows that line and then kind of waves up to the left and then and then so on. So it's just sort of like this undulating form um, of movement across the corner space and it's very sculptural it's coming off the wall um, and as you move around because of these slices that are are um, cut into each page you kind of get this moire effect of moving around and and looking at each um, angle of the piece the piece is called gravitational lensing which um, is the scientific term for light bending um, and it relates to dark matter. So dark matter we can't see, we can't touch, we don't know what it is, we can't capture it. Um, But one thing that we do know about it is that um, things are affected by its gravity, which includes light. So if we're looking at a galaxy in the distance um, and there's no dark matter between us and the galaxy, the light from the galaxy comes straight at us and so it looks like the galaxy. It looks like the shape of the galaxy. Now if you put dark matter in between us and the, ga- and the galaxy, when the light hits the dark matter, it actually bends around the form of the dark matter. Kind of like when you're looking through a water glass and you're looking whatever you're looking at that's behind the water glass, it's distorted and bent. And so that's the same thing that, well, similar thing that will happen with the light of the galaxy. So the galaxy, if we're looking at it, will look all distorted and bent. Um, And before, 
previously they had thought like, oh, it was something's wrong with the camera, you know. I mean, that's what happens a lot with, you know, when they make new discoveries, the first thing that you think of is like, oh, there's something wrong with the equipment, <laughs> you know. Um, so, but now we've learned that, oh, that's the presence of dark matter. And so that's what I created with this piece was to, the idea of light getting bent around the form of dark matter. Melissa also talked me through her drawings on paper and other works based on concepts like gravitational waves and pulsars or rapidly rotating stars that appear to blink. So they're very geometrical, but also, and meticulous, I mean, it's probably a word that you hear a lot. It's like obsessive, yeah, one of those. Um, yeah, so I, I, for this series, it was uh, geometric images that were shaded with a technique called stippling, which is consists of using very small dots and changing their density in, in order to uh, denote the idea of dark and light. Um, so the pieces here that I have are represent, there's one that represents a pulsar, which is a rapidly spinning neutron star. So this is right here in the, on the left. Um, and so pulsars are, they, so they're rapidly spinning neutron stars. And so when we see them, it kind of has a lighthouse effect where you only see the light every so often. So it feels like it's blinking. Um, and the funny thing is when these were first discovered, they thought it was aliens <laughs> because they hadn't seen one before. It felt very consistent. It felt like it might be something that was actually made rather than or, than natural. Um, but then they found more and more and more and then realized they were spinning stars. Um, and so the center one is actually a non-spinning neutron star. And, and it's just, neutron stars are super dense stars. Um, if you had a baseball made of the same material as a neutron star, it would weigh more than every single person on the planet. So um, yeah, so that was, that, that's my favorite object because I think they're pretty cool. They're small but mighty, just like me. <laughs> While looking at all the work Melissa was getting done during her residency at Bread and Salt, I couldn't help myself from thinking about A Room of One's Own, Virginia Woolf's feminist essay that lays out a pretty solid argument for the importance of giving women both literal and figurative space, especially within artistic pursuits that are so often dominated by men. I asked her about the importance of a residency and what it means to be given a free, highly public space to make and show art. I keep telling everybody that artists are like goldfish. Our work can only be the size of the tank that you give us. And as you give us a bigger tank, our work gets larger, like goldfish gets larger and bigger tanks. So, um, you know, that that in and of itself was a huge challenge for me because I, I have a studio space at home. It's not a closet, you know, but it definitely has its limitations. So coming into this space, I knew I couldn't just do what I was continuing to do at home, you know, working sort of in the small format. I needed to try to get bigger. So, I mean, it's huge that to, to have that room to really be able to spread out and see what comes of just having, simply having space. But beyond just having this grander space, um, I've had so many other beneficial things come to me as a result. So, you know, working, a lot of artists work solitary in like a very solitary space. Um, so while they're definite like, difficult challenges in being as um, public as I've been, um, a lot of the great things is a lot of 
creatives and artists and even the people that are simply connected with the building coming in and helping me or giving me their resources or giving me feedback um, that just goes beyond, oh yeah, that looks cool, you know, um, which I, I don't mind hearing either. <laughs> Looking at Melissa's work without any context, one might never realize that the mesmerizing, intricate images are inspired by astronomical phenomena. She says that's okay. Her goal isn't necessarily to educate people about science, but rather to possibly intrigue them into learning more about each image. She says that she's also trying to help bridge the gap between San Diego's art and science communities. You don't have to know any of this to look at my work or appreciate it. I mean, that's part part of it that I I like I like the idea that people can connect my to my work visually and then if they take the time to learn about it more in depthly then maybe they'll be more curious or inspired um, and then I also hope that um, the science community connects with my work um, because I feel like there is a, quite a division I mean there's been attempts all the time to try to bridge the gap between artists and scientists so I'm just kind of throwing my hat in that ring um, and hoping that the science community finds inspiration in ways that they wouldn't have expected either. Melissa said she hasn't regretted giving up her full-time job at NASA, although when she quit, she did ask her bosses if she could still do occasional freelance science illustrations for them. It's the work she enjoyed the most. Luckily, they said yes. I mainly work with uh, NASA's Chandra X-ray Observatory, which is a space-based telescope, just like Hubble is. Most people recognize the name Hubble. Um, but Chandra takes images of X-rays emitted from distant objects. Um, and so for them, often, well not often, but occasionally, um, these images don't really look very interesting. Um, they're just a point of light, but like the science behind the image is actually very interesting. So that's where I come into play. I illustrate the theory based on whatever data they got from the observatory. And then, yeah, so a lot of black holes because can't really see black holes and, you know, some neutron stars, supernovas, that kind of stuff. She said the scientists give her some source materials for the illustration, but often she's given very little to go on. Basically, I get napkin drawings. That's what I keep calling them. They're just little pencil sketches from people that don't really sketch very often. And then I'll get some maybe source materials from the internet, like um, of other objects or other previous illustrations that have been created to say like, oh, it's kind of like this, but we need to change it you know, there's new things happening in this area, or this is a different color, or this object's a different shape, or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, ironically, um, even though I'm really interested in the materials, very often I get very little information when I create the illustrations. Um, so sometimes I have to prod them a little bit, like, what's happening in this area? Because this looks weird. You're telling me to do a weird thing, and I think it's because I don't understand what you're trying to convey. And then I'll get more information. Melissa says she still gets stoked sometimes when she sees one of her NASA illustrations being used in big-time magazines and science journals. I actually did see an, a photo of Stephen Hawkins with a, with one of my illustrations in the background. 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty big time. Yeah, so I was pretty excited about that one. Melissa says her science illustrations are satisfying. They're educating people about science. But they don't feed her creativity like her fine art career is now. I felt like I was really giving a great contribution, you know, to overall society of, you know, spreading the knowledge of the wonders of our universe. Um, no big deal. Nope. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a point when you got to say, okay, I think I need to to explore new new paths in life, you know? I mean, life's very short, so it's important to kind of explore and learn and be excited. You can see Melissa's work on November 4th at a special show with 1805 Gallery hosted on the roof of Porta Vista Hotel. Go to melissawalterart.com for details. Thanks for listening to CultureCast. CultureCast is part of the Voice of San Diego podcast network. Visit voiceofsandiego.org slash podcast to learn more about our weekly Voice of San Diego political affairs show, the Cura Chaos podcast about movers and shakers on both sides of the border, Beer Talk Radio, our business shows Startup Vault and I Made It in San Diego, and the rest of the shows in the VOSD podcast network. If you like the show, go to voicesandiego.org and click the donate button or if you'd like to sponsor it, contact me at K-I-N-S-E-E at V-O-S-D dot O-R-G.